what I have instead of coffee. Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. I'm Zach. And it's another Sunday. And you're back from traveling for like, what, three or four days? Yeah, it's about three days. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to be home. And as I was just telling you, I'm I'm about to start traveling a lot more for work. So I have to really get used to this. I was gonna mention, yeah. by the way, a lot of the time when you like if you go from like 10% or less, like 5% or less travel to like 10 to 20% travel, there's typically a pretty good pay raise included in that. Well, that would be nice. I'm not and saying am... like go and ask for a pay raise because like, hey, I just, you know, traveled a week. But like the next time you have like a review or something, like mention like, hey, my time at home is really, you know, changed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna see how things start rolling out because I I have to head planning the the like the me traveling more thing was my idea, so I get to kind of like head that project and make the schedule and figure out how it's gonna work. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the company works with me. Yeah, and it's That's a lot of fun. Cool. You know, I like getting out of the desk and going and actually meeting all the people that I deal with face to face and seeing what they're working with and just you know. Not sitting in front of a computer every day all the time, um, but at the same time, it's really tiring, and I don't get to play my video games, and I don't get to see my dog. So it's good to yeah. be home. I hear you. So I mean, I was going to ask you, by the way, you have a Switch. Do you take your Switch with you? No. Oh, you definitely should, dude. Like that's the perfect uh, time to use a Switch. It's it's actually really it's not. I'll be honest. Um, First of all, the battery life on it is generally shit. You know, like, it, it, if I take it out and pack it the night before, even with it completely off, uh, and then play while I'm on, like, a two-hour flight, it's going to die before I get to the to the next place. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard people say, like, oh, you need to charge it, like, on the flight and whatnot. But, if like, even if you get to play it for, like, an hour, hour and a half out of a two-hour flight, three-hour flight, that's not bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not bad. I, uh, I'm really kind of waiting for there to be more stuff that I want to play. Yeah. Cause there's just, there's not a lot of stuff that I want to play while I'm on a flight. Like I don't really want to get into Skyrim much or Zelda. I don't want anything too involved. I want something that just holds my attention 
until I'm getting off the flight. So yeah. when the new Pokemon game comes out, that's I was going to say, Pokemon's perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I play now. I played Pokemon Crystal <laughs> for the last, you know, four flights. So... But if so, I just, I think I only just got the third gen. Yeah. Um, so, did you play anything this week, by the way? Yeah, I played Pokemon Crystal. <laughs> How is it? Like, is it, I don't know, like, what are your thoughts on that game, just in general? You know, I don't even really remember it. I don't know that I had Crystal uh, when I was younger. Like, I know I had both Gold and Silver. Um... But, I mean, it's good. It, it's not much better than Gold and Silver. You know, it's got its little tweaks and whatnot. But, you know, those the Gen 2 games were just way longer than all the other generations. You know, I mean, I, technically some of the newer Pokemon games are longer if you include the really bullshit grindy endgame content. But the Gen 2 games just, there's... Just to get through the main story, it just takes way longer than every other game. So you know, I kind of like it for that. I was thinking about, like, when I first played Pokemon, like, my grandma bought me a Game Boy and, like, both versions of the game because we didn't know, like, they weren't that different. But, like, I was kind of, like, the last one of my friends to get it and, like, join the craze, so to speak. And I just remember, like, Playing every, like, literally every second that I was allowed to play it. Like, I would play it, like, pulling up to the school and, like, save it walking into the school. Um, and then, like, turn it on as I was walking out of the building on my way home. Um, and I had it, like, an old school Game Boy, so you could, you know, change the batteries. So you wouldn't have to quit playing other than, like, save the game, turn it off, put new batteries in, and keep playing. Like, I legit carried, like probably 50 batteries around with me all the time um and i was like jesus like what was i doing all that time like i could never spend i probably spent like two or three thousand hours playing that game without beating it i was like what the fuck was i doing um and i remembered i was legitimately collecting every version of every pokemon like i would walk around i probably spent like 100 200 hours in the safari zone the first time i found it Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I caught every, like, I caught the male and female versions of every Pokemon that I could. Like, I just, I really, like, they were like, you gotta complete the Pokedex. So I was like, okay, I'll do that for both male and female versions of everything. I, I remember, I, did you, so did you start with Gold and Silver or did you start with Red and Blue? No, I started with Red and Blue. Okay. Yeah, I remember when I did Red and Blue, I think I just beat. I think I beat the Elite Four 700 times or something like that. I would, I would say I probably only beat them like three or four times. Well, after a while, I was just going through the Elite Four over and over and over and over again, just grinding out money and experience. Because in Red and Blue, once you beat the game, who do you use to train up your Pokemon? You Pretty go and you fight a whole four. lot of low-level Pokemon for hours on end. Like, yeah, no. I, I really think that's where my love for grindy games comes from. Um, because I spent, like, I just, I had no way of knowing. Like, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have a way to communicate with anyone other than our friends. And, like, when I played with my friends, like, we'd just be like, oh, yeah, dude, I caught this and I caught this. And, you know, like, I think I traded once because somebody had a link cable. But... 
like all we did was just like kind of compare like oh yeah dude my pokedex has this many like oh i got you know my female weighs this much you know like we kind of nerded out over the details collector stuff um but we never like battled or anything it, I, like i always hated doing the trainer battles even in the game so See, I, I spent I think all I... of my time just grinding I think we were mostly into the cards at first, and by the time I got the game and, like, had really mastered it, like, beaten it, gotten, like, all the Pokemon, that kind of thing, uh, I had switched to private school. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that many people in our school. It was pretty small. But everybody played Pokemon. And we had, you know, there was a couple of the rich kids that had, like, all of, like, here's 1,500 link cables and shit like that. So I wanted to level up as fast as possible and put new teams together because we were battling and training all the time, and I was one of the top battlers in the school. So I got super into it, and I got really into the cards too because I used to do the uh, the Pokemon League with the cards where you'd go to like Toys R Us or whatever every Saturday. See, I, I never even knew that shit existed, and like I never got into the cards. I think I had like two or three cards that people just gave me because they were like, you're into Pokemon? Here's a Charizard I found. I was like, I don't know what that is, but thanks. I guess. It's a cool picture. Because I was playing Magic at that point. See, so I was playing Pokemon a lot. We started playing the, with the Pokemon cards in like second, third grade, something like that. And I stopped playing the tournaments and, and ultimately stopped playing the game altogether. Um, when I played in the neighborhood, nobody could beat me. I won 100% of the time, always. So nobody in the neighborhood wanted to play the game with me anymore. So that's when I started doing the tournaments. And then I realized I can't win any of these because my daddy doesn't have $100,000 to dump into Pokemon cards for. Right. Yeah, that was the biggest problem with that game. And, like, Magic, too, honestly. Yeah. It's definitely a pay-to-win game. Like, if you can just buy the best cards and you're not stuck with whatever you're pulling out of packs you know that's kind of it and like even if you're in a school with all poor kids and everybody plays with what they pull from packs there's always one kid that had better luck and wins every game yeah well so then i stopped playing pokemon and some of the older kids at my school started playing magic when i was in private school and I was really into it, and they were trying to teach me how to play, and they gave me a deck. Now, keep in mind, this deck was, like, all paladins, angels, clerics. It was an all-white deck. Um, and they tried to explain the game to me, and the game sounded really gay, and it was too complicated, and I wanted nothing to do with it. So, I just kept them because I really thought the cards looked awesome. The artwork was amazing. Right. Yeah, I was mostly uh, a collector of magic, too. Right, I was a collector for years before I played, and I started right about this point, and then I got suspended from school for having Magic the Gathering cards in my possession because Satan. Yeah, um, that that became an issue at my school too. Like I, I also went to a private Christian school. So my mom came in and got super pissed about that, but you know, I got my suspension and then didn't really play magic for a while i mean i collected here and there but i don't think it was until after uh after college when all of us were just fucking poor and trying to figure out what to do with our off time so we just started playing magic nonstop. Mm-hmm. yeah like i enjoyed magic but you know like you said i mostly thought the artwork was really cool so i spent you know 
most of my time collecting like specific cards that I liked the theme of. Like I bought all the worms. Like those were the cards that I wanted. See, I think I always did the uh, elves, and I still that when I do play, I have an elf deck. That's always been my thing. Never been a big elf guy. I don't know, like Skyrim, <laughs> like any any uh, lore. I've just never been an elf fan. I've always been a uh, like kind of an elf fan. I like half elves more. Like when I did D anD D, it was always half elves. When I do like. You know, for instance, uh, Elder Scrolls. I love playing yeah. the Breton. Because the Breton are basically just half-elves. Right. They're basically magic-using humans. Yeah, well, if you look at their lore, they're literally half-man, half-mer. Like, that's their... Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's why they're they're men, but they're so good at magic, unlike, like, Nords and Imperials and shit. Hmm, that's interesting. But I don't like the High-Elves. You know, I don't like the elfiest elf class, race, whatever. <laughs> elfiest of the elves. They are. Well, and in... It's the official lore, I believe. And I know in Morrowind, I really like the dark elves and the wood elves, but then in Oblivion and Skyrim, they just look like weird aliens that should be killed with fire. So. Yeah, I feel like they kind of over-exaggerated everything in Skyrim, honestly. <laughs> in Skyrim, please go back and play Oblivion. <laughs> yeah, I honestly like I skipped Oblivion for the most part. Like I played through I think like most of the story. Um but I just there was something about that game that I just did not care for and I think you're right. I think part of it was just like how obnoxiously over the top everything was. Well, see, I think the the level design, the quests, the story, the combat Oblivion's a solid game. I really love it. I spent a lot of time on it, but going back and playing it again, uh, the characters and the dialogue are so incredibly bad that I just can't play it anymore. Yeah, I can see that. I just can't get over that. I should probably just mod it at this point, but there's there's not a lot of mods for Oblivion. It's not like Marwin no, and Spire. Tons. It's, well, and again, like... I was not the only one that did not love Oblivion. Like that was probably one of their worst received games in that in, in I, that uh, I, war. Yeah, I I think the only other game, and I didn't play all the side games or hardly any of them to be honest. But I, I'm not a big fan of Arena either. Yeah, I never really played a lot of Arena. I guess I I don't think I even played enough to say whether or not I'm a fan of it, but. The little bit that I did play, I didn't care for. I didn't like those kind of games at the time, and it didn't age well. So No, it didn't age well at all. <laughs> Daggerfall still aged pretty well. Yeah. I mean, like, there's games like... I mean, Final Fantasy VII is a great example of a game that, like, didn't really age well, and it's because of when it came out. It was like that mid era like the transition like the full first fully polygonal final fantasy like it yeah, just final, it was like 3d at an amateur level mixed with blown out 2d backgrounds that are just heavily pixelated which at the time we were like dude that's dope and now you're looking at it especially with a higher resolution monitor and you're like what the fuck is this garbage that i'm looking at yeah like the thing with uh with those games is 
the early polygon art just didn't look good because they could barely do it. So they yeah. were so limited. Well, and and... you were also playing on like standard definition TVs right. as to where we're playing on like widescreen high definition TVs. So you can really yeah. get a good look at just how bad those figures are. It was basically like puberty for fucking video games. Like every time <laughs> one of those generation swaps happened. I gotta be honest though, the 3D wasn't vastly better in 8, but that game still holds up really well. Well, I think it's because they mostly is... tried to do something a little more mature as to where Final Fantasy 7 and 9, for instance, were both very, like, anime. <clears throat> I mean, we don't have a whole lot of stuff to talk about, so I think we can have the discussion of, like, you know, which game was better. Like, I've always been a staunch Final Fantasy 8 fan. I really loved that world. Um, oh, eight's my favorite. Eight was it's my, my favorite, favorite as up well. Until Fifteen has really, really yeah. been working for it, though. Like, I don't I'm even not gonna lie. Like I didn't get through fifteen. It just it I didn't scratch it. that same itch for me. Like I didn't care for the combat in that game. I love the combat. I love the story. I love. I even love all the grindy bits. My biggest problem is that game takes a lot of time, and I'm, I keep finding myself with less and less than that. So. Yeah. I want to beat it, and I want to really get into it, but I just haven't had the time to do it. Yeah, like, so the thing for 7 with me is I felt like they were... That's one of those games where it's overly punishing all the time. And I just... I felt like I was always driving the struggle bus in that game, and I didn't think the story was particularly well-written, even though it was a it was a decent storyline. Like, it wasn't bad. I'm um, sorry, which, which what are we talking about? Seven. Seven, okay. Like, I, I thought that game was fairly interesting in the main story, <clears throat> but I didn't think it was particularly well written. Um, That's pretty fair. Like, there just um, wasn't a wasn't lot in well, it. I don't know if it was even that it wasn't well written. I'm not even sure how well it was translated, to be honest. Yeah, that's the other thing, is like, I feel like, they didn't get their feet underneath them until the success of seven and then eight, they had the time to really like work on, you know, translation and all the little details when they brought it over here. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like eight was a more complete game and they actually put some time and effort into like translating the game, voice acting the game and the pacing I felt was way better. And seven had a lot of grinding in it. It was like, I think if I had played that now, like if if I was the age I am now when seven came out, I feel like I would have liked it way more. Yeah. Like I I think I still probably would like eight better. And also I thought the characters were way more interesting in eight. Yeah. Seven, especially playing it again, really just makes me feel like I'm playing an anime fan fiction of some sort. It makes me feel like I'm playing an early prototype of a game. Yeah. But I still think maybe up until 15 that 8 had the most mature story without just being uh, here's a billion hours of lore into politics because they tried to do that crap in like 12 and I couldn't have cared less. Right. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like 7 was just super badass aliens with anime powers could do all sorts of crazy stuff and i'm like that's neat i guess and then you've got your 
sinister bad guys that don't care the world is dying and greed and it's just like typical anime plot and then at eight you're like yeah i don't know there's some weird shit with like time travel and alternate universes and and i mean it had triple triad. And... had a triple triad yeah no that <laughs> I, i'm actually kind of really miss, uh pissed at square about that because that's the best that's got to be the best side game thing in almost any game i've ever played and then and, in 10, we get Blitzball. No, no, fuck 10. No, then we go to 9. And they're like, you know what would be better? If we did Triple Triad, but we ruined it as hard as possible. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And I like 9. Then, I actually thought 9 was a lot of fun, but I felt like it was the cartoon romp of the Final Fantasy world. It is. And it it's not a bad game. <laughs> I've been trying to get more into it, but it is a little too cartoony for my taste. I mean, it's the right amount of cartoon for my taste. I just didn't think the actual, like, systems, like the gameplay, the mechanics of the fighting and building your character was very good at all. Yeah. It was more focused on, like, party composition. Uh, I I still have to finish 10, because I know I'm, like, right at the end. But that game is... That game's a lot of fun. And I think the only thing I don't like about that game is every time the main character talks. <laughs> if you could just cut out every time Titus says anything, I would. That game's a ten out of ten. I don't know. I like. I named my kid Titus, but only because we like the spelling better than T I T U S. Like it wasn't like, oh, I love this game so much. I was just like, man, that's a cool way to spell that name. Um, I. I like the character's design. I like his weapons. I like the weapons just... are actually my favorite in any RPG. Like the yeah. the title sword or whatever it is. I like it so much. I don't remember the name. Like I just I have the the image of that item burned into my brain permanently. I I you know I love everything about that character. Uh, you know he's always one of my favorite party members to have, but. The one thing that it's just, it's like when he talks, like you got this badass looking character and he's just like, whoa! I think there's a a super hot girlfriend meme to be made here. (laughs) Like, oh man, she's so hot, but every time she opens her mouth. Kill the fire. And I, like, (laughs) I hate that. Like, I agree. Like, it's really upsetting that. That, like, one of the potentially best characters, like, if they had just voice acted it differently and, like, written the lines less broy, it would have been better. And, like, I that get what they were going for. Really bro <laughs> Yeah, like, and then Waka, who makes it, like, a million times worse, right? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they probably could have made that whole thing just a million times better if they had just written it a little less goofy. Um, and, like, I see what they were going for. Like, you know, the superstar, um, you know, sports player. Of course he's that way, right? Like, it makes sense. Well, but... I think more importantly, because the main theme of that game was death, and I think Square just really wanted to put, like... A, hap- a lighter touch on a heavy subject because that's the kind of thing that they typically do. Right. But they could have calmed it down a little bit. Well, 
And one of the things, too, is I feel like he kind of does... Titus becomes the character that you kind of want him to become towards the end of that game. And the problem is, you just kind of... You don't get enough time to actually enjoy that character. Because it's like, oh, well, he's not this, like, goofy, bro-y piece of shit anymore. Well, thanks for playing the game. Yep. Stay tuned for part two, where all the girls sing. I was gonna say, where we've removed <laughs> the character you like the most. Like, they just, they really got into their J-pop fucking anime girl scene because they realized that's where the money was. Like, I can't fault them for it, but I can still hate them for it. <laughs> like, from a business perspective, I understand you, but also, fuck you. Yeah, like, I understand <laughs> you, but that makes it worse. Um, oh. But no, I, I really like the Final Fantasy universe. I think it's probably one of the best products of video games as a whole. Like, just oh, yeah. everything about it from the atmospheres to the music to the different character designs. Just, I like everything about it. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I only have... So I'm working on a, a video game arm with my tattoos. And I've only got... I've got three tattoos on it so far, but... Only two franchises, because I've got the Chocobo and the uh, Griever from Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Halo Legendary tattoo, which, uh, perfect time to bring this up. They oh, just announced that they're putting the Master, Master Chief collection, collection on, on Steam. Steam. Yeah, I well, saw that. And they're, and they're adding Halo Reach to it. Yeah, you know, I'm actually excited about that, because I've not played ODST or Reach. Okay, so Reach... Is it that great? To be honest, I mean, that's I've probably heard it's not great, but favorite. I do want to check it out. I mean, I'd check it out for me personally, just for the story alone. Yeah, like I just want to know. I just want to know. Like that's so, kind of the sum of it. That's also the prequel to all the other games, right? And they're releasing that first before the other games come out, so you can actually play them all in like canonical sequence which i'm super stoked because i've done that before and i love doing that because reach the literal ending of reach is the beginning of halo one. Oh, that makes sense yeah and then but odst the only game where you're not playing a spartan is probably my favorite halo game yeah you know they were talking about that on the giant bomb cast this last week they were like they were like oh it's really weird that you know um, the best game in the Halo series is like the one without the iconic character. Yeah. And then they were like, hmm, that says a lot. I, I like, mean, yeah. it's got everything that I wanted. It's like, hey, did you want Halo with a little more jazz? Fuck yeah, I did. Do you want Halo with a little more challenge? Fuck yeah, I did. Do you want a Halo where you run around the city just randomly killing things on top of doing missions? Yep, that sounds fun. Like every part of it is great, and then just to just to add a little extra on top, they're like two of the main characters are literal characters ripped out of Firefly. Sure, <laughs> sounds good, bro. Yeah, um, it's got it's got uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, which what, what was he on Firefly? Uh, I mean, I know he's the captain. What was his name? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember the names. I was like, he was the captain. Um, yeah, he was the captain. And then there's uh, Jane, the one that always likes to blow everything up. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm bad yeah. with names. Like, even in series that I really love, like, I rarely remember actual character names. Well, it's great because even though they have different names, like, their characters in ODST, the one that plays Jane just wants to blow everything up, and Nathan Fillion's character just makes smart-ass remarks to everybody. Like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want in a game. It's even more aggravating that there really isn't... There hasn't been another game like it that I can think of since it's come out. Yeah, I mean... I So did you play Halo 5, by the way? I... Yes, I played... We're on 6 now, right? Uh, or no, we're on 5 right 5 now. is the most recent one. No, I've played 4, I haven't played 5. Okay, I was gonna ask how it was, because like, I've heard it's actually pretty good. Um, but I've never played it. And everybody well, I, told me, I, they were like, yeah, it's just kind of like a fine-tuned Halo 4. And I'm like, that sounds cool, but like, I kind of got my fill of Halo. My thing is, how's the story? Like, the gameplay I expect to be good. No matter what. Like, all the I Halo never got that invested in the story of Halo. See, I did. I got really invested, and some of my previous roommates were even more invested than I was, so we talked about it a lot. Um, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing I love about Halo. I even read a couple of the books. Like, I was really into it. I, but Halo, I am a sucker for I video didn't. game books. Like, I'll read them and, like, really enjoy them. Like, the Hellgate London books are some of my favorite game books, and they're arguably bad. But, I don't know, I'm a bad judge of that. Well, so, I think the two, I know at least two of the books that I had. I had The Fall of Reach when that first came out. And that was like a prequel to Halo. Um, it talks about, like, John when he was a child and how he became a Spartan and all that crap. Okay. And it's a really good book. It's really interesting, and it really I really got into some of the side characters. But then they had a series of books that was about the Forerunners, like, thousands and thousands of years before Halo. There's a lot and, of Halo books, right? Yeah. But the, the books about the Forerunners is some of the most boring shit I've ever read. I can't, can't get into it at all. And I never went back to read some of the other books, because they had a few that looked interesting, and I just didn't... Never got into it. Yeah, I mean, video game books are kind of weird for me, too. Because, like you said, like I get into some of the side characters, and a lot of the time it really frustrates me because like their characters, a lot of the time, you'll never see in actual games. Yeah. I still wish they would address the Spartan that showed up in Dead or Alive. I don't know if you ever played that. Dead or Alive. Which one was that? Like, the fighting game? Yes. Yeah, I think, I I think that's the one. I didn't realize there was a Spartan in that. Yeah, so that was one of the first games that came out for 360. I think it was Dead or Alive 4. Yeah, like I definitely played it. I just don't remember a Spartan. Yeah, so if you pre-ordered it, you got to play as a female Spartan. And that character was broken as fuck. It was hilarious. Because everyone else is like running around in bikinis like, Ha! Ha! And then you see some woman in like full armor just come up and kick someone. They go flying across the screen like and have their help showing up in a fucking <laughs> like other franchise. Yeah, you're just like, oh shit! Like, fuck that guy up. 
I don't I don't like Dead or Alive that much. I was never a big fan of that franchise, but it was fun just to play that character. Let's but be they honest, never really... the booby physics are the only reason to play those games. Uh, you're not wrong. I think I think even that company was trying to prove that point when they made the volleyball game. Yeah, they really doubled down on it, and I'm real glad they did. Like, I never played a lot of those games. Like, you know, so, shockingly enough, I guess. Like, I didn't play a lot of that game. I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, oh, look at the booby physics. But, like, also, that was around the time I think we had internet. So I was like, yep, I have the internet. There's tits everywhere. Yeah, like, it wasn't hard to find a titty, so I wasn't that into it. I just think it's funny looking back, because they were just kind of, everyone was like, this game objectifies women, and it's horrible, and people only play it for the boob physics, and the developers were like, you're not wrong, here's a game just about boob physics. We just sold a billion (laughs) D copies of this game. I didn't even fight it, just like, yep, you're right, and some more money. (laughs) Fucking go get it, Japan. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, gosh, I was going to ask you something we were just talking about. Um, oh, are you uh, excited about the new Mortal Kombat? I'm super excited. Well, I'm excited, but I'm trying to keep my expectations down because I don't really expect it to be all that different from the last one. Just better and more. And I think as long as I keep that expectation, I'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do expect it to be different. And, like, I would recommend that you watch the uh, interview that they did with Noclip, um, Danny O'Dwyer did. Um, Just because, like, they really talk a lot about how they they do a lot of work on making sure every Mortal Kombat game plays a little bit different and it doesn't get stale and boring. And they were like, we really succeeded with the last game and it's been really difficult basically doing everything totally different when we know that works. So they're definitely changing it. It looked like they were changing some of it, but I don't know, just from what I watched, it just didn't look all that. I mean, I'm sure it's it's still going to be Mortal Kombat. But, like, they changed things like the ultra meter and that sort of thing. Like, they said there was going to be a good another eight hours of main story. Yeah. Super happy about that. Can't wait. I I have been reading up on Mortal Kombat lore over the past year, which I do every couple of years, because I get really into that. And I can't wait to see where they're going to take the story at this point. It's funny, that's one of the uh, bigger and, like, more well maintained storylines in the video game industry. Well, that's because every other video game franchise, literally all of them, half-ass the story, or they just fill it with 10,000 lines of text. Like, there's a ton of lore to Soul Calibur. Do I know what any of it is? Nope, they're never gonna give a shit about because I'm not gonna fucking read all of it to find out, either. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. And, like, I don't know a ton of Soul Calibur lore, like, like the, I feel like the one thing everybody knows is like Ivy being Cervantes' daughter. Yep. I feel like that's the one thing that everybody can point to that game and be like, I know this bit of the lore. Yeah, I don't know. I know Keelik is like a main hero or something. Yeah. And there's an evil sword or two that possess a guy, kind of. 
Basically, they use the guy. Like, Like it's a a living evil force that takes the form of a sword, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, because games like that and Tekken, like, everyone's got different motivations, but they all want to do the same thing. (laughs) It's like real life. In Mortal Kombat, everybody's got completely different motivations, and they all want completely different shit. So... When I'm playing the game or beating the game with one character over another, the ending is, you know, generally vastly different. Yeah, the one thing they've talked about that I'm I'm really fascinated to see how it works out is they spend a lot of time talking about how they work to make sure that there's a system in there that appeals to players that don't usually play multiplayer like online PVP. They're well, trying to make say, it I'm waiting, interesting. I want to see to what them. the new I want to see what the new game modes are going to be. And because there's definitely Mortal a tower mode. Well, and I hate tower mode. See, the Mortal Kombat games have been really hit or miss for me with the additional game modes. And that's what really makes or breaks it. Like, the PS2 era, they did a lot of these weird, like, long side quests where you'd, like, walk around and collect stuff. And I don't know. That kind of shit's fun. Even the training story tower where you'd have to like go 200 steps and like every 12 was playing a different character and doing like training with them i I actually really like that stuff yeah i'm fine with that the towers i don't like the towers like i don't just like i don't like doing challenge modes really that's not my thing i don't know that was the tower was always like the thing in mortal Kombat that i played just because it seemed like the most interesting, like, not online mode. Yeah, and I'm definitely, I don't do the online shit at all, I'm not doing that. I, like, honestly, I would be more likely to show up to a LAN and play with a group of people in real life than I am, like, to play online. There's just, I don't like the... I don't know. The combat in fighting games feels way more personal to me, and I think it's because I grew up playing Street Fighter 2 like, on LAN only. Yeah, that's that's how I did shit. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't really like doing it over the internet. I'd rather have some friends over and play a bunch of rounds. Like, I want to see the look on my friend's face when he gets super pissed and salty because I beat his ass. Yeah. And, like, also I feel like that makes people kind of be a little more responsible and not be a total piece of shit. Because, like, if you show up to a LAN and you're just cheesing everything and you're being an asshole, like, people are going to call you out on it. Whereas, like, online, you're just like, haha, I cheese that guy, on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of multiplayer in most games, and fighting games are a definite big one. It's kind of annoying because within the past like day or so, I finally just about 100 completed everything in Soul Calibur. Oh wow! Uh, I have like almost all the achievements. All the achievements that I'm missing right now are pretty much all play online in various ways, and I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I can understand that. So, let me ask you this, and this isn't like a trick question, or I'm not memeing. Are you going to get an Overwatch tattoo? Yes. Okay, what are you going to get? So, I had started drawing up a concept of, like, Mercy's Res logo. 
but where she has that like yellow circle up at the top of it, I was going to replace it with the Junkrat Rip Tire logo. Nice. I wondered if you were going to do something like that, like custom, or if you were just going to do like you know the Overwatch logo. No, I'm definitely going to do something custom, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to do that. So I have three tattoos I want to do for my video game arm, and I'm not sure in what order I'm going to do them. But I'm going to do that. I want to get an Elder Scrolls tattoo, and I'm waiting for the next game to come out before I do that. So that might be a while. And then I'm going to get a Pokemon tattoo. I feel I'm I'm surprised that you haven't gotten a Pokemon tattoo already. You shouldn't be because I've been thinking about it for years, and I still don't know what the fuck I want to get. That's the biggest problem. Is there's so many things I think I want to get. I wanted to get like a team of six, like my favorite, and then I couldn't find a favorite six. So then I thought about doing one from every generation, but there's some generation where I really like two, and there's like one or two generations where I just fucking hate all of them. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to do at the moment. I know so, I'm definitely going to get Vulpix and Ninetales, but I would go like if I were to get a Pokemon tattoo. I would go super basic with it and just get, like, a Pokeball. Yeah, see, I don't want to do that. I'm trying to get a sleeve anyway, and I have a bunch of small to medium pieces, so I think I want a big, large piece, and that's going to be my Pokemon tattoo. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, if I had to pick a Pokemon to get a tattoo of, I would probably go with uh, Sandshrew. Just because it's always been my favorite. I was never a huge fan of Sandshrew, but I loved Sandslash. See, I never liked Sandslash. Like, that's the Pokemon I never fucking uh, evolved. I think most of my favorite Pokemon are not only from the first two generations, but they're pretty much all fire. Because I love Vulpix and Ninetales. I love Ponyta and Rabidash. I love Growlithe and Arcanine. I like Houndour and Houndoom. Like... We have very different Pokemon tastes, sir. Oh, I'm sure. Most That's of my such Pokemon, a cool thing. I think most of my Pokemon have always been like the same couple of elements. I don't. There's several elements I almost never use ever. Like I didn't ever. I never used poison. I hardly ever used ground or rock. Um, I never used much flying. Hmm. I never used much poison. I never used much steel. I always did mostly water and ghost. I definitely like water, ghost, dragon, dark, fire, electric. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of psychic. Yeah, I like and some fighting. of the psychic Pokemon. Like, it always annoyed me that like a lot of the psychic Pokemon were kind of doofy looking. You'd get like drowsy and. Like, they were either, like, super badasses, like, you know, superhero-esque characters like Mewtwo, or they were, like, these doofy fucking Alakazam characters. I mean, I don't know. In the first gen, Drowsy was always stupid as shit, and I couldn't wait to be rid of him. But Hypno? I'll run through the game with Hypno. I don't care. Hypno always looked like the dumb dad from, like, fucking, uh... Dennis the Menace to me. I guess a big problem with Hypno for me is, and with some of the Pokemon, it's their art versus how they were in the original games. 
Yeah. So, like, yeah. if you look for the, at the art for Hypno, for Gen 1, he looks stupid as hell. But in-game, that thing just looked creepy. True. Like, the first time I saw one, I was like, what the fuck is this 10-foot-tall child molester doing on my Game Boy screen? Well, and let's not forget about Jinx. Yeah, I, I was I nev- never a fan of Jinx. There's nothing not upsetting about Jinx. <laughs> you know what the worst part about it is? Is I've tried to find the most balanced possible teams to go to the Elite Four. And in a lot of games, Jinx is one of the best yeah. Pokemon to go with. Just a good but, balance of elements and skills. And, and just, you know, like attack power and shit. But, God, it's so lame. I just never want it. And creepy. It's creepy as hell. I never liked uh, I never liked the super cutesy Pokemon either. I felt like they were just kind of a joke, and they were Some just there were like for memes. And like I get it, like you know, it sounds weird to talk about Pokemon lore, really. But like the whole Jigglypuff storyline with like, oh, they're actually pretty tough, and you know whatnot. Yeah. But like, it just felt like a meme to me. It never felt like a real storyline. I mean, they're trying to, I know they're, like, trying to cater to, like, the kids and whatnot that are like, oh, I really want the cutesy one. And they're like, well, we have to make it look like they're, you know, useful, I guess. And everyone's like, no. They have that one big fan of the sleep mechanic either. What do you mean? I, I just didn't like that it was, like, this one skill that you had to do... Like, you had to use the flute in the original game to wake him up. Like, that just always bothered me for some reason. I never mind the sleep mechanic. The one that always pissed me off was the poison mechanic. Because that's the only one where then when you're walking afterwards, if you don't have an antidote, this thing's just going to take damage forever. Yeah, anytime I had a Pokemon get poisoned, I'd just be like, well, that one's out of my party now. (laughs) You're dead to me. But, I don't know, like, I would, yeah, I agree with you. I would have a real hard time picking a Pokemon tattoo just because, like you said, there's so much there. Yeah, so how much of the, did you see the trailer for the new game? Yeah. What what are your thoughts on that? I don't know yet. Like, on one hand, I think it's kind of cool, and on the other hand, I don't like any of the starters. No, I don't either. I'm, I'm completely against them. And, and everyone that I've talked to loves the new starters, and I'm just... I compare everything to Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur, and I'm sorry. I do too, it's not, yeah. It's not better. Yeah, I don't know, like... I feel like they're just making things really difficult on themselves. And... I think also... I skipped too much. Like, I skipped too many generations in the middle... Um, and I kind of don't like any of the new Pokemon designs. Um, well, there was a few there. I mean, like, like there's the, a couple here and there. The Ruby like, Sapphire generation, I'm not a fan of. The Diamond Pearl generation, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a big fan of X and Y. Um, even the Sun and Mo- the new Sun and Moon Pokemon are not great. Uh, yeah. Black and White had some good stuff. Black and White was okay. That was like the closest to like original feeling to me yeah i I was a big fan of black and white not black and white too that was stupid but black and white was really good 
I mean, I think I played, I played a shit ton of black and white, but I think I played the most of Gen, Gen 1 and Gen 2. I don't know if I'm ever going to outdo that. I definitely won't. Like, I couldn't. I don't have I don't, that amount of time. I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do with the new game, because they keep introducing all these new mechanics, and I don't know how they're going to keep it up in these new games. Because now you have, what is it, you have, like, plates... You have Z-Rings, you have Ultra Stones or some Mega Evolutions or whatever nonsense that is. Uh, You've got these, like, Primal Form Pokemon. You've got Bonded Pokemon. Uh, There's there's just too many systems in the new games for me. Like, I I just want, I like the simplicity. Well, I mean, Pokemon fell victim, I think, to the whole competitive scene, too. Because the Pokemon World Championship is a pretty big thing, still. That's so weird uh, to me. Like, I it, understand it's it. super bizarre. It makes sense, though. Like, the whole point of that game is, like, competition, right? Yeah. But, you know, so now the stats have gotten, like, vastly more complicated. It's just how everything functions and how you evolve stuff. And some Pokemon just don't just don't seem to make sense anymore. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on the whole uh, name, like the Sword and Shield? You know, I was kind of like, what happened to the colors? But now that I think about it, you've had like Sun and Moon and X and Y. and They kind of ran out of like colors because we're getting into like, it's fucking Pokemon Magenta and Cyan. I'm fine with that. And they I, and they had trademarked think, a couple. I think they had like turquoise and brown trademarked, and that just never happened. Well, I think it's just so fucking other people can't do it. You know what I mean? Like just protecting Probably. the IP because they're really over the top about that. Well, I think they had one that was like aqua blue or something like that. They never did a third one for the remakes, which is fine because a third game was unnecessary. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sword and Shield, I, I'd like to see what it's going to be. Especially considering there's already a Sword and Shield Pokemon. Yeah, I thought that was real weird. I was like, well, that Pokemon's getting its fucking field day. And then probably not, because now it's going to be like... You know, I just hope they don't add, like, equip weapons. Like, I don't want Pokemon, like, you know, fucking cutting each other up with... Like, I don't need Gladiator Edition Pokemon. <laughs> I do. I need more of that in my life immediately. See, I, I, I just don't want that. Like, I get that from every other game. I want to put Battle Armor on Ninetales. I, I want to dress him up like that. I don't want it to affect the fight. Like, I don't want him to replace, like, fucking Ember with, you know, Shield Bash or, like, fucking, you know, forward thrust with a spear or some <laughs> shit. No. Maybe they're changing the mechanics to make moves like Growl, Leer, and Harden useful. Yeah, I could see that. But, like, also, <laughs> should you really be throwing your Metapod out there to fight? Absolutely. I mean, as that episode taught us, right? Well, I think there was somebody showing how they could beat just about anybody online with a Metapod by using Baton Pass over and over again. Well, of course, because people online are fucking just obnoxious. Well, it was really great, because I remember watching this video, and this guy just picks all these Pokemon who raise their stats to ridiculous levels, 
and then just use Baton Pass to move all those stats to the next Pokemon, who then boosts them up to ridiculous levels. So then you, like, get all the way down to Metapod, and it's like, yeah, my Metapod just has Tackle, but it also has, like, 500 attack and 6 million defense. So, oh. Yeah, that's, like, I get it. Like, I, I definitely understand, like, the stats and whatnot, but, like, I just, like, I guess I'm just kind of a Pokemon purist. Um, I mean, I still go back and play just basic red and blue because it's still fun. Yeah, like, I bought uh, Red and Blue on... Gosh, what did I buy it on? I bought it on... The 3DS store thing? Yeah. And I probably played, like, 12 hours of it the first day I got it. Yeah. I got Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, and Crystal. I think oh, all the, I bought was Yellow. Card game. I got the trading card game one, too. I didn't get that. I, I never liked that. Like, I was like, I would just play the real card game if I was going to do that. That was so that I could play the card game when I had to go visit family and shit. Right. It and makes I used to be really into it, and I'm not nearly as into it as I used to be, because that game bullshits you a lot. And I used to be fine with taking a lot of bullshit from games, but now I have a PC with like 800 games, so as soon as I'm pissed off, I'm like, I'm going to go play anything else. Fuck you. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is kind of the problem of Steam and modern gaming, is like, I'm mad about this. I'm going to go do literally anything else. Like, also, I have this massive backlog of games that I'm just probably never going to play. Yeah, so do I. I keep looking at, like, Steam sales, and they're finally wearing off on me, because I look at stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I really want that, but I don't have a lot of money. And I'm like, I also have, like, a hundred games that I should play first. Oh, I've gotten even further with that now, where that pool of games has shrunk, and I'm at the point where it's like, I just have everything I want. And, like, the occasional game that I do want is probably because it just never goes on sale. Yeah, I mean, there's still a few games that I'm going to wait. When they go enough on sale, I'll probably pick them up. But... And then, like, there's also games that, like, kind of fall into both categories where, like, it took so long for it to go on sale that, like, I've just lost any interest in playing it. Like, yeah, I no Man's a couple Sky. Off my wish list. Like, No Man's Sky seems really interesting in theory to me, but also, like, I know what that game is now, and I know I don't really want to spend the time to play it. So, like, it I've, be also been, I've also been playing Battlefield, as I was doing earlier when you jumped on. Yeah, how is this one? Like, is it does it feel very different, or is it just, you know, a lot of the same, but new? So this one's Battlefield 5, and I think the last one that I played was 3 on console. And I wasn't a big fan. Like, I really like the idea of big, open Battlefield. Um, but I don't know. I don't find the games to be that fun, to be honest. It's neat. This game feels real good. It looks real good. The game types I'm not a big fan of, and the spawning is stupid. Like, I constantly am spawning being surrounded by people. Yeah. And, like, everyone that, like, half the people that play that game, I don't know if they're cheating or what's going on, but they could be anywhere, and then just immediately turn and shoot somebody right in the head. And it's like, like, we played a game earlier where our team, the highest player we had was, like, 23 and 9 or something, which seems, that's pretty good. They're killing a few people each life, like, alright. 
Um, but their team had like a bunch of people that were just like 74 and one. <laughs> like, no, this is retarded. Yeah, so that's one of the things I've heard people talking about with Battlefield is like, five didn't do particularly well in sales and the community's kind of not there for it so it's really suffered from that thing that you're talking about where the players that are still playing are gods because it's all they do and then anybody that's not like a hardcore battlefield player just may as well not play yeah that's kind of it's kind of what was happening I mean, luckily, it's got a pretty addicting unlock system, so that is leaving some appeal to play it. So, like, There's you're a... doing the weapon unlocks with the leveling thing, or...? Yeah, you... but you level, you level like, 12 different things at once, and you always get a bunch of experience for all of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're just like, oh, you can get this new thing for this weapon, plus a skin for this weapon, and a new hat, and a skin for your old boots, and just, you know, tons yeah. of shit. It's a pretty good system. Uh, I give good credit to that. Yeah, I, I remember always liking the whole thing where you would, like, use a weapon and unlock some more stuff for it, and then it sounds like they probably progress that under the armor and gear as well, right? Yeah. Well, like and the they also... you play medic, you get more medic -y shit. Yes. Uh, and the other good thing, too, is that this is one of the few games where not only you, but everybody completely uncoordinated will, like check around corners and hide behind, you know, walls and shit. Like, people take it like it's real combat, for the most part. Right, because it's a little it's more pretty... serious tone. Right, and it's more fun to play. The biggest problem is that you can revive other players, Yeah, and virtually nobody does that. That seems odd. Yeah, it's really annoying. Like, you'll have six people standing in front of you and no enemies around, and still nobody will revive you. And it's like, cool, thanks, we're all losing because of you. So anybody listening, if you play Battlefield and you're one of the people that heals people that are not in your squad, you are a good person, and you deserve good things to happen to you. And the rest of you can eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, the rest of you just can alt F4 and uninstall. <laughs> I really hope there's just, like, one person out there that listens, like, fine, uninstall. Uninstall. And then they come over to Overwatch. <laughs> and continue to do the same shit. <laughs> They're like, hey guys, check it out. I'm Lucio. This is a pretty cool speed boost, right? <laughs> I'm kind of itching to play some Overwatch again. It's been a good... It's been a minute since I've played now. Yeah, I kind of was... I at first I just was busy playing like Anthem and other stuff that was coming out and then I was like this seems like a good time for a break like you know watch some Overwatch League when I got the itch to play like you know just kind of keep that itch on lockdown and then like kind of wait for Baptiste to release and he comes out Tuesday Oh, so okay. I've, I've just been kind of like waiting for that and the next event to come up well I, I'll be super excited for that I know Wednesday I'm probably not going to be on because me and a bunch of people are going to go to another escape room. Nice. Yeah, my uh, so my sister is still working at one of the escape room places and as part of her training she has to do all of the different games so she knows how they work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so she's allowed, she's they're they're letting her bring a bunch of people to come do it with her so she can do it as part of the group. So we all get to go for free. And I'm That's like, fucking fuck, great. 
yeah, fuck yeah. She was just like, do you guys want to come by and do this? I was like, yes. Escape rooms are a lot of fun. I don't. Did you? I know we talked about it before. I, I have not that? done one. I would like to. I had somebody reach out to me about like having the podcast come on and do one, and I was like, oh man, we're like not all in the same place. Like, I would be happy no. to come out and check it out and talk about it on the show. And then, like halfway through, re- like arranging it, they were like, hey man, we're gonna actually shut down. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> went well then. That's upsetting. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's unfortunate for you. They are um, popping up all over the place around here. Like, it is becoming the latest craze. Well, it's like a very minimal cost, right? Yeah, I mean, they literally will just take an old office room, put a couple of, like, you know, puzzles in it, and go, here, pay us 120 bucks to do this for an hour. Right. Pretty yeah, you're basically model. playing, like... A version of, like, Clue or fucking just solving a puzzle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like murder mystery theater without the murder. Which is funny because a murder mystery theater is my sister's other job. That Wow, she is cornering <laughs> that market. <laughs> just, I, I don't know where her, her acting career is going to take her, but this is where it's starting. I've always wanted to do a murder mystery theater... And I have not done one, and it's kind of upsetting because that's like been the thing I've wanted to do for quite some time. I could easily go do one if I wanted to, for obvious reasons, and I don't have any interest in doing it. So we were actually talking about that today, where you know we were having a discussion over drinks about how I can be like against something but still support somebody else that's doing it. You know? Yeah. And I was like, case in point, uh, I don't give a shit about what my sister does. I don't like movies. I don't like live action anything. I pretty much just watch cartoons. I hate theater. And uh, that's pretty much everything my sister's about. I still come to support her. I just fucking couldn't care less. Yeah, I mean, that's... that That's because you're not a shitty person, basically. Yeah. Like, the problem is too many people are like, I can't like this thing or support anyone doing it if I don't like it. Like, if I don't do it, why would anyone do it? Right. Yeah, as long as I don't really have to be a part of it, um, I don't care. Right. Like, don't this... force it on me, and you can do whatever you want. Yep. That's well, basically... Within reason. Well, <laughs> I mean, if I don't like it, I'll hit you. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know it's, like, not cool to be pro-violence or whatever, but... Sometimes violence is the answer. I mean, I don't see how you can be... I love America and I hate violence at the same time. It just doesn't make sense to me. When people tell me that violence is never the answer, I just can't help but be like, I'm sorry, but if given the opportunity, it is always required to punch a Nazi. Like, I a mean, real just... Nazi. It just, historically speaking, doesn't make any sense. No. Like, literally all change has occurred via violence. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Pretty much. Yeah, like... (laughs) We didn't peacefully get freedom, democracy, uh, you know, child labor laws. Nothing. Nothing. We Literally everything was fought for. I don't know. And, like... One of the arguments I hate is when people are like, oh, you know, 
we never should have taken the uh, the land from the Indians, the Native Americans. And I'm like, yeah, we shouldn't have taken it the way that we did, but like, are you just saying like we should have just stayed in Europe? Because that doesn't really work either, right? Like, something had to happen. Yeah, like, at some point, somebody was coming here and, you know, colonizing it or, you know, joining with it, you know, it, it was gonna... It was going to become a part of a thing at some point, no matter what. Just like everything else in history. Well, I feel like both sides of the Native American argument really, like, people just leave out parts of history. So it's like, everyone's like, well, the Indians were violent and attacked everybody. I'm like, to be fair, the Indians, like, a lot of them also were totally like, we'll totally share this land with you. It's not a problem. There's a lot of it. Um... But then there was, like, one part we went and killed a bunch of them, and another part nobody understood germs or diseases, and we inadvertently killed, like, half the population well, by just existing. So, yes, but that that was my earlier point, is, like, people were like, oh, man, we came over here and, you know, killed all these people, you know, because we brought them disease. And I'm like, yeah, but that that happened everywhere. That wasn't, like, isolated here, like... Anybody that went anywhere new brought new shit with them. Yeah. That is a byproduct of, you know, the human race. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Once we figured out what happened, and then started making smallpox blankets, okay. It was handled real shittily. Like, I'm not not disputing that. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of pieces of shit in our history. But there was also also... a lot of, like, why is everybody just dying all of a sudden? (laughs) Like, also the thing is, like, if you didn't like where you lived, it wasn't as simple as, like, relocate to fucking Kentucky, right? It was, yeah. I'm gonna get on this fucking horse and ride it until it dies, and then, you know, hope that it's better. <laughs> like, they didn't have fucking travel advisor to tell them, like, you know, the weather's pretty shitty over here. Hey, there's earthquakes here, so, you know... If you don't like those, don't live here. Well, it's still not that much better now. Like, I really hate all the people that are just like, if you don't like America, you can get out. I'm like, bitch, I've tried. I'm not even sure how. Like, You you legit can't because you can't work. Yeah, you can't. And almost nobody will let, like, anybody into any country anymore unless you're just like, you know what sounds fun? Middle of Africa. Or if you're rich. Like, if you're already rich and you, you just go to work in another country... It's actually really easy. Because you can be like, I do business here now. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a hard time finding a job here, you're probably going to have a hard time finding a job everywhere else. Because every country that's really worth moving to is, you know, doing the same shit we are. It's like, cool. Are you good at, like, cybersecurity? No. Sorry. Oh, you're good well, at marketing? Yeah, so is everybody. Everywhere. Like, <laughs> well, and, like, think about how different, like, you know, working in Arizona and working in Indiana and Michigan are totally different worlds, even for just marketing. Like, you're totally targeting different demographics. The people respond to different things. There's different, like, you know, cultural faux pas that you have to work around. So trying to, you know, go interview for a marketing job in, you know, Great Britain or like fucking, you know, Poland. They'd be like, "So, are you familiar with our culture?" And I'd be like, "No." 
They'd be like, oh, okay, well, no thank you. <laughs> like, I can't fault them for that either. Uh, I get what you're saying, because we've had some meetings uh, with one of the companies that I work with uh, where they've, they're really trying to push us away from doing radio advertisements. Right. They're like, you know, you got to get online, you got to get on Facebook and, you know, do all the, like, TV and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I get what you're saying. And from somebody that's studied marketing, generally, I totally agree with you. But I'm dealing with a lot of rural Kentucky. Uh, they still listen to the radio a lot. Right. Like, yeah, radio they, lo- still they works look here. at the ads on the, the paper menu when they go to the fucking old restaurant. And that's where they go to get their car fixed because the guy took an ad out for $27 on the paper menu at round the clock. Yeah, I mean, I've got some regions where it's, like, mostly radio and newspaper, and it's like, no, you gotta go digital, and it's like, no. Like, these our customers don't have using, computers. Yeah, they're using radio and newspaper. Like, that's... Like, I understand if we're talking about a big city. Like, yeah, you're gonna want to make sure you have an app and a website and Google reviews. There's parts of the country where that just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, like, you spend your ad money differently depending on your demographic. Yeah. like Which is a kind lot of, of frustrating. A lot because... of different industries still use catalogs because their customer base likes catalogs. We still use catalogs. Uh, I think it's mostly just because the people that run our company are still really into having everything on paper. I don't know how much we really still need a catalog. But we definitely still have them. For sure. And those yeah. things are giant Bibles, like... Right, and that's the thing too is, you know, I I hadn't I had two interviews with the same place this last week, and one of the things that came up is he was like, you know, this is a guy, the owner and founder, started it like forty years ago, and their whole business ran on catalogs, and he's like, everything's online now, but people still want to call in, so we do catalogs. So people can basically, you know, call in and we just place their orders online for them with our catalog. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And he's like, okay, so how do you build a catalog based on a website? And I was like, okay, actually, that's really easy. Like, that's probably the simplest interview question I've ever had. You just take your analytics and say, these are the top selling items. And then we're going to put them alongside the items that we want to sell more of. And put those all in a catalog. And he's like, oh shit, you're right. (laughs) I was like, you don't have to just blindly put the items that you like in a fucking book now. You know, because you're stuck with that shit. So look at the analytics of like, these have been our most popular items for ten years. See, we put like everything. We put everything in the book. But it's a little bit of a problem. It, well, it is expensive, and I guess it's not really something we care, because we've done it for a while. We have the, you know, expenses laid out. Well, I mean, just it, to but... fucking print the book. Like, you know, the more oh, you I, print, the more expensive that's, it is. That's primarily what we deal with, because marketing department, you know, we're the ones that print it, or get it printed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's super expensive. But the other problem is, like, you, it's hard to do catalogs. You can't even really do prices anymore, especially right now. This... This past year has been crazy with all the tariffs and everything. Right. A lot of them have been steel and aluminum, and that's a lot of what we use. So, uh, you know, the prices are changing nonstop. So it's kind of like 
you, you got to look online to see where, what everything's going for. Yeah, and if nothing else, like I get having a catalog is nice because you can just like open the book to the page that you were looking at and like call and say, "Hey, I need this thing." Like I definitely get that. And we definitely still, you know, that happens a lot. But so. also, it's way easier for us to not have to pay somebody to answer the phone and place those orders. So we're going to make it cheaper for you to go online and buy it. I guess the way we have it set up, that person would still need to be there anyway. So it's not, it doesn't really make much of a difference to us. Well, you would still need some, but you could scale that force back. You don't need, you know customer support on the phone to place orders 24-7 if you can, you know, take 25% of your business and put it online. What that means is you can scale back your phone service 25%, you know, or 20%. So you're saving quite a bit of money without cutting that piece of the business out entirely. I mean, most of it, I believe, goes through, like, an automated system that just goes to our purchasing department, which are the same people that would take anything by phone so well what i'm saying is the people by f taking orders by phone if those people just place the order online you give them a little discount yeah i don't know it, that that wouldn't change as much for a while because you know especially on a smaller scale if you've got like a dealer talking to a sales rep going through a branch manager sending an order up to purchasing blah 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 blah, blah. oh well, i'm just uh, talking about I mean, like customer gonna... to point of purchase yeah, I mean, even still, would have to go through all those departments, and a lot of people are still just going to call up once a week and be like, "Hey, I need no, like no, four no, more." No, like of these I mean, things. like not specifically your business. Yeah, like in a business where, like, if you want to buy a guitar, and you have a guitar catalog, and you're like, "I want to order this one," so I call, and somebody has to be at that call center to type that order in, and then run it through a payment processor. Whereas, like, if I can just do it online. I don't need that person there to take that call. So if I reduce those calls by 25%, I can cut back my hours or my, my sales force or my phone yeah. force. Like, you know, just, you know, simple cost cutting. Like it's way cheaper to do business online. And the more you do, the cheaper it gets. You know what I, I really thought we were talking about this the other day. Cause there's a Costco like right across the street from our work. And I'm surprised that Costco didn't try to compete with Walmart or Amazon or anything like that. Yeah, I kind of feel like they mishandled uh, Costco. Like, Which is upsetting because Costco seems to be like one of the better companies to work for and everything. And I don't ever have like a real bad experience at Costco or anything. I think the problem with Costco is their bread and butter is selling large quantities cheaply. As soon as you have to spend the money to break those large quantities up and, you know, compete on, like, the individual item basis and, like, you know, small small quantity purchases, like, they lose all their margins and they can't compete anymore. Like, they just try to specialize in what they do. Well, there's nothing really wrong with that, I guess. Yeah, like, they just kind of picked a different avenue. But I Which I guess is better. I mean, it's still a good company. <clears throat> they still have the best food court of any restaurant or of any uh, store. I was I was happy to stop eating the pizza at our school and go eat the pizza at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I just I generally like uh, like the story behind Costco. 
um, their hot dogs is kind of funny. So they wanted to, they had been selling their hot dogs and Polish sausages for $1.50 forever. And their supplier made that impossible. Like they just like increased the price so much. But they didn't want to lose, like, they were like, okay, so we can't really go with a different supplier because we like this specific flavor. So they literally, like, high, like, they built a farm and started, like, getting all their own meat, all their own stuff, and just, like, found, they experimented with the recipe until they got the exact same hot dog. Like, that's kind of great. Yeah. They just were like, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves then. Fuck you. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, like... It, it's been weird at work, too, because, like... We transitioned to an online platform. And... Something they hadn't really dealt with before was having the internet go completely out. So... Our internet just happened to go completely out from this massive windstorm. And the owner was like, you know, I never had these problems until we switched to an online platform. And I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, it's a shitty coincidence, but I don't think the weather happened because you switched to an online platform. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a shitty coincidence and yeah, we can't do anything today. But also, we wouldn't be able to do anything anyway because, you know, we can't even get phone calls. We couldn't order anything. Like, you know, it's worse for sure, but it's also not that much worse. Yeah. So that that was kind of frustrating, though. It was bad timing on that to happen. Did you guys get everything sorted out? I mean, we had to send everybody home for the day on Friday. But, I mean, you don't know if they got power, but... Oh, yeah, no, the internet came back, like, 3 o'clock, but by the time it came back, like, we just... There wasn't time left in the day to do anything. And they told us when we called to check on it, they were like, yeah, there's there's an outage, and it's going to be at least this time before it comes back, if not later. So, we just were like, well... You know, based on that, we're not going to be able to do anything anyway. Um, And we're not going to pay our fucking salespeople to sit here and literally do nothing for six hours. To work for two hours. So we just caught, you know, we cut labor, basically, because we're still in the semi-slow season. (sighs) Well, sir, it is is getting late, so I think this is where I am going to call it. Alrighty, man. Well, uh, it's been interesting. I didn't expect our, our show to be like 80% marketing discussion, but, you know. <laughs> we kind of went, we went all over the place. We did movies, we did books, we did various Oh, I, real movies. quick, I did want to mention uh, Captain Marvel was fantastic. Yeah, don't spoil that for me. Um, I, I did not expect stuff. that to be as good as it was, and the 90s nostalgia is very strong in that fucking movie. I am excited. As you should be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it's been a fun show and as always, um, check us out on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
Uh, BoxPressRadio.com has links to everything. Um, it's kind of our portal website. So be sure to check it out. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with probably more gaming because I know we both kind of have aspirations to actually play some video games this week for a change and check out the yes. new uh, Overwatch Hero. Yeah, so there should be actual game stuff to talk about. That'll be a nice change. <laughs> All right, man. Well, have a good evening, and everybody, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good week. Later, guys.